Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of Not A Bug Podcast, where we explore the world of game development and game industry in a completely structured, totally planned, and 100% intentional show. Because this is not a bug, it's a podcast. As our first topic of discussion on the show, we'll be talking about the game industry events and conferences. We'll look at why the events are great to have, the fear of missing out on them, and why it sucks to not be there which will tie us into the problems with accessibility and inclusivity in said events. We'll start by looking back at DevCom 2022, since that's where we met, and we'll move on to GDC, Reboot, and more. To do all that, I'm your host, Arkanir, and joining me, the day brighten upper, Nicole. How's it going, Nicole? Hey, it's going fine, except for the fact that we both ate too much, apparently. This Good is quality. true, yeah. We are, we are, it's a lesson learned the hard way. <laughs> avoid yeah, doing sure. that from now on but that's the that's the downside of recording in the evenings after works you know the the food gets in the middle of that i guess yeah it's so boring that we have to nourish our bodies like, take is, care of them this is true this is true overrated sleep and food is in the way of productivity which <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh the hustler mindset i didn't know <laughs> look at you yeah. i i constantly have to remind myself not to get into that mindset to avoid burn- burning out which to be honest the people in the game industry at least the people i follow is really great at advocating for so i i, I am able to keep myself from burning out but yeah i mean i i do I'm wish i didn't need to sleep that's <laughs> Oh, the free time. Oh, the extra free time. It would be lovely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like both of us would use that free time to do more work, but that's just the the, the sort of ADHD mind, I suppose. There's always things to do. Speak for yourself. I would, like, go on hikes in the middle of the night or something. Maybe. Well, maybe. I, I mean, maybe I guess I do that too, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. We'll never anyway. know. Anyway. So we do have a lot to cover today um, since there has been GDC the, just a week ago, well, a couple of weeks now. Um, E3 got canceled, Reboot is coming up, and we still have to talk about Devcom, where we met. And I feel like since this show is sort of originated from Devcom, it's a good place to start this discussion with. And to do that, Nicole, do you want to start the discussion by talking about your experience at DDC. What were you expecting going into it? How the event actually turned out for you and things like that. Oh boy, buckle up. <laughs> um, I don't remember if I actually told you this, but I actually did attend DevCom, DevCom before uh, this one event where we met like 2022. Oh, okay. Um, I moderated a few of the Q&A sessions at DEFCON 2020, so when the pandemic hit real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an online event, so I knew what what type of um, format it would be, you know, like going to mm-hmm. talks, meeting people. Um, but of course, since it was digital, it didn't really feel like a conference, or it didn't really right. feel like something where you would go to network. Um, since hanging out in Discord, like chats with people is not the same as like, you know, being at an event and and meeting random people by just talking to them. Mm-hmm. So when I knew I was gonna go to DevCom this uh, this past year, I was super anxious. <laughs> I was super super anxious. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea 
how I was gonna approach people and like talk to them, get to know them, um, how professional I would have to be, and um, that was all kinds of all kinds of stuff that was going on in my brain. Um, but happily enough, it ended up being overwhelming, but in the most positive way possible. <laughs> uh, beforehand, I guess my brain, my anxious brain, just forgot that. First of all, I was no longer like freshly from university. Uh, and I had worked really hard to be where I am, um, like to be within the games industry. So mm -hmm. imposter syndrome really was super uncalled for. Um, and also, yeah. I mean, everyone we met there, we all have a common baseline, which is we love games and we are interested in being in the games industry. So that made it a, a beautiful experience of, of just knowing that we're all interested in this and we're all excited for this and we all have this inner child that that wants to create stuff and wants to have fun um so it was lovely just connecting on this mm -hmm. on this level Honestly, what do you think what was your expectation like when you went into devcom it's well i guess it's one of the reasons why we found each other in the sense of having the similar experience at devcom but my Pretty much both at DevCom and pre-DevCom experience was quite literally the same. I had no idea what I was getting into because this is this was my first overall conference outside of Turkey. And I had no idea how the talks were going to operate, how the event was going to be, what do people actually do. I just went in there, zero clue as to what was going to happen. Um, and I was... Honestly, I didn't think I was going to network at all because of that. Like, I didn't know what people, how, how people got together and things like that. And the fact that I actually got to meet a lot of people was very surprising for me. Um, I really didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I didn't know anyone going into it. One thing is, mm -hmm. Devcom having a Discord channel was an absolutely amazing resource to have to navigate this unknown portions of it, because I was able to just ask a whole bunch of questions at the DevCom team and attendees and everyone like that going into it. And I actually met my first couple like people from DevCom at Discord. And we were like, uh, is anybody already there? I was like, yeah, I'm already there. And a couple people showed that and we started chatting. So that was nice. But yeah, I really didn't think I was going to have as much fun and benefit from it as much as I did. Um, so it was, it was interesting to see how, um, welcoming pretty much everyone I met was. I, I really didn't expect that to be the case. I was sort of I'm more expecting saying. to be, you know, the person outside the circle, just like nodding mm -hmm. as people go along, but somehow, some way I was in the circle instead. So yeah, that was surprisingly a good experience in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It for sure was. I mean, it's how we connected basically. Like mm -hmm. being surprised by how nice <laughs> everyone was and that we're in yeah. the middle of meeting people that we looked up to for a very long time. Yeah. So And we did mention this in the sort of introduction episode as well, like how we met and we told people that, you know, we we're going to talk about it. Basically what happened is from my perspective, so Rami Smile was going to give a talk on basically funding, the general indie funding and stuff like that with Exola, I think. How do you even pronounce that? I guess Exola, Zola, I don't know. You get the, I assume everyone understood. 
And I went to the stage, whichever number it was, and I was just hanging outside and I saw Rami and Osama in a circle. And I was like, do I? Now that that's when the brain kicked in. I was like, do I go say hello? Is it rude? What is the what is the event or conference etiquette here to before a talk? Mm -hmm. Like, do you just go bother them? Are they <laughs> discussing the talk itself? And maybe I shouldn't, you know, intervene and things like that. So anyway, eventually I was like, yeah, you know, I'm never gonna get this chance again. I'm just gonna go say hello. And I went to the circle. And before I could even say hello, Rami just like sort of pulled me into the circle. And suddenly I was like <laughs> in the circle and I was like, oh, okay, whoa, didn't expect that to happen. And you were already in the said circle. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And I had no clue what was happening. Um, I came to the event that day with a specific idea of going to that talk. Mm -hmm. I walked up the stairs and I looked to my left and there's a... Um, the automatic stairs, right? I, I yeah. don't know what they're called. Escalators? I? Escalators. Mm -hmm. I saw the escalators look next to me. And there was there was Rami with Osama. And I was I was panicky. I was like, oh my goodness, how is this happening? What's the problem? <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to do. And and I just let my brain like govern me. And I went up to them. I was like, hey, I was gonna go to your talk. I'm I'm super happy to meet you. And that's how I ended up being there. And I remember that you were there all of a sudden as well. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember how we how we got to sit down at that part. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, they, it they... felt daisy and dreamy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, honestly, there were a few <laughs> other people as well um, in that circle. And people were always like going in and out, you know, mm -hmm. just um, and it was the pre-talk anyway. So we went into the talk, exited the talk. And I just stuck around, and I guess you stuck around as well because we got that photo with Rami Osama and me, and just kept like listening to people's questions because another thing that I sort of did was after every talk, people go to the people who did the like talks, speeches, whatever, and they ask questions. Now, I didn't really have too many questions to ask for myself because... I mean, I've been making games for like six, seven years, but I had just literally just started my, working on my own game when I was at Devcom. So I didn't really had any questions in that area. But listening to people ask questions instead from their various different like point in life or in development or in their like respective uh, professions and things like that and hearing the answers was a huge sort of this pile of knowledge that you got, get outside of the talk or the workshop or whatever as well. And that was actually one of my favorite, ended up being one of my favorite things to do at the whole event in terms of like learning things too. So I did that to Rami too, obviously. People were going in and asking like questions about development, design, funding, production, all sorts of things. And I was just making mental notes like, okay, if I run into this in the future, this is the answer. <laughs> this is the answer. So eventually, exactly. yeah, eventually um, we were also talking to Osama as well at the site. So, and we got tickets to, well, I don't know if you already had one. I didn't know no, about didn't. the Gamescom Congress. Well, I knew about it. I didn't know they were going to do the live the Habibi's recording at the c Congress. 
And Osama mentioned it, and I was like, "Do you, are you guys you know coming to the congress?" And I was like, "No, what's happening?" And I was like, "Well, we are doing the live. The Habib is recording." I'm like, "Oh man, I don't." Um, it anyway, felt like the, freaking Christmas at yeah. Disneyland or something. <laughs> so uh, we got the tickets, and then we got to. Well, this was obviously after Devcom in, uh, at Gamescom, but we got to listen to the Habibis record live at the Gamescom Congress as well. And I guess for anyone who doesn't know, the Habibis is uh, Rami, Fevzi, and Osama, three Arab game developers, talking about all things games, basically. It's an absolutely fantastic podcast. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's on, well, I listen to it on Spotify, but I assume it's pretty much every platform. But yeah, basically, we got to listen to it, and that's where I learned you were also interested in podcasts. Well, at least one podcast. You knew what the podcasts were and you were familiar with the concept. And that's when I thought, okay, well, now I can actually have a co-host to do this game dev podcast because there is someone <laughs> who's a game developer who is in game industry and who's familiar with podcasts as well. And yeah, that's basically where the show idea came from, which is like eight months ago now we are really on track <laughs> we are i'm very proud of us yes i feel yeah. like this is good timing <laughs> i'm glad you asked me like right after gamescom slash defcom because i had this this whole i don't know how to call it like this magic inside of me like it felt so inspiring mm -hmm. to be there it was such an incredible experience that I don't know, being contacted contacted by you and feeling like, hey, let's let's do this thing. <laughs> let's be creative together. Let's share our love for games and for games industry and for people in the games industry in this way. It was just perfect. I was immediately convinced. I felt <laughs> right immediately. So yeah, I love our little origin story mm -hmm. of us fangirling over <laughs> the Habibis and being yeah, impressed. I agree with um, this very big point that you made earlier of how how these conferences are basically a huge possibility to engage or to, to consume knowledge in a way. Mm -hmm. Besides, obviously, the wonderful people that you can meet there, since, yeah. you know, games industry people, super creative, super interesting folks, the knowledge they can share. And the knowledge that, that you, you can learn by just listening, um, as you said, to questions that are being uh, posed or listening to talks, talking to other people and finding out um, about their experiences within the industry, uh, especially since there's, they're in all kinds of different situations. Like, as you mentioned before, like you, you were starting your game. There's other people that are already publishing their games. So you, mm -hmm. you, can, you can learn from all types of, of things happening. And just, and just grow as a developer yourself yep. through this, which is just an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. And like, if 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 you are already in a position to look for publishers or business, or like if you are looking to hire someone or get a job and things like that, there's obviously the business side of it that is absolutely amazing. Like, it's it's a fantastic opportunity. But even if you are not at that stage. Even if you are not looking for a job or looking to hire someone or looking to find a publisher, any of those things, it's still, it's a, it's an amazing, it, it was a lot more beneficial than I imagined. And well, in my case, I actually realized I was on, well, my roadmap and the plan I had for my game 
was very flawed at its core. And I'm glad that I caught that very early on. And I basically, without going into detail, learned it from, I think it was a talk from uh, Jason Rocadella, Building Launch Momentum, I think that was the talk. And during that talk, I basically realized, okay, I am about to do a lot of mistakes very fast. <laughs> and I asked him a few questions after, during the talk and after the talk as well. And I was able to like very quickly shift uh, what I was doing based on the input from, from Jason. So it's like in all levels of being involved in game development or game industry, it's just an amazing resource. And another point was actually, I had a friend, a former coworker from Turkey. I didn't know he was going to be there. We ran into each other sort of, and he's, he's in, he's been in the industry for like close or maybe more than two decades now. At some point I was like, we were going into talks with him and I asked like, okay, well, are you learning something? Because I mean, you have, you know, close to two decades of experience. We are in a game design talk and it's like, are these all things that you know, or are you actually learning something? I was curious. And one thing he said was like, made a lot of sense. He said, he said like, I'm looking for the golden sentence basically, because even if I know the overall topic, the person giving the talk or answering questions, they might have a very specific knowledge or experience or perspective that despite, you know, my experience in the industry, I may have never run into it. And that just like one sentence could change a lot of things, add a new perspective and things like that. So that made a lot of sense for me too. It feels like a good approach, you know, because um, I think expecting to go into a talk and remember every single thing unless you take notes of course makes it a very exhausting thing i mean there's a lot of impressions happening like so much information overflow all the time but if you go into the talk with or, or into a conversation with the idea of i will i will understand the essence of this i will make sure to just to to listen carefully and pick out the things that that really do touch me in a way or that really mm -hmm. concern me in a way might be less stressful than being scared to like miss a tiny detail mm -hmm. like focusing on, on the essence of the whole thing i like the concept of the golden sentence yeah that and like it, it's 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 a good idea to like think okay you know i, I have all this knowledge but still could learn something completely random that could add a lot of things to what I already know and things like that. So yeah, I mean, overall, oh, sure. I forgot what we were originally discussing when we rolled into this, but um, <laughs> ah, events classic. good, events good. Yeah, at least DevCom <laughs> was good. That's um, the bottom line. Thanks people yeah. for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, talking about all this, it just goes to show how, how, Gary, it feels to know that these events are still happening. Uh, speaking of GDC, for example, that happened mm. just a few days ago. And knowing that you can't be at all of them, knowing that you can't be there and that the industry is still going to meet up and people are still going to network and you can't be there and network with them yeah. and share the knowledge and receive the knowledge. And uh, how does that make you feel? I hate I'm terrified. It. I hate right? it. Like I used to, well, I used to look at these events and they were sort of this, okay, I don't expect to go at all. And last year was a sort of surprise because my company was like 
do you want to go? And I was like, are you asking? I mean, are you sending me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I was able to go last year, both financially speaking and in terms of like getting a visa in short term and things like that, which is one of the topics that we are going to get into in terms of accessibility. But like at least not having experienced the concept before i was looking at it as something like oh that looks really amazing i wish i was there now it's like i was there i want to continue to be there <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's it's even Don't worse now <laughs> exactly i feel and the same way yeah and it's not only like the fun part of it is definitely one thing like i had absolutely amazing time um, but there is also the part of it where it is essential almost to what we want to do as game developers. Doesn't matter if you are working as an employee in a big studio or if you are trying to build your own thing on studio, going indie, whatever. It is almost essential to meet these people, learn from these people, being able to ask these questions and things like that. So seeing that and not being able to go to events for variety of reasons is like, okay, am I falling behind compared to the rest of the industry? Sort of that type of FOMO and sort of anxiety. It might not be actually the case, but it definitely feels that way. It feels that way for sure. And I guess it is that way in a way. Like I, I can't imagine any other opportunities in which you would get to meet people from the industry like this. Mm -hmm. Um I mean Twitter, of course, is like a huge hub for developers, but like actually talking to publishers, for example. Yeah. Um that I mean, is that is like that doesn't happen in, in any type of natural environment, I guess. Mm -hmm. it, it has to be I feel like like events like GDC or or Devcom are made for this and uh, like make it easier to approach these people, whether it be through meetings that you schedule with them since mm. they're at the same spot as you are, or by just bumping into people. As yeah. as stupid as it sounds, it's <laughs> it's how it happens sometimes. You're just standing at the right spot at the right time. And happen to bump into the right person, and mm -hmm. there you are in a conversation about I don't know the salad that cost freaking seventeen <laughs> euros oh, with God. one tomato in it. <laughs> the, okay, one thing about Dalecom was the my God, I barely survived. It's <laughs> <laughs> it was rough in terms of sustenance, but yeah, you bought your... like protein bars, right? Didn't you I bring brought, like yeah? Like, I brought my own coffee and protein bars from Turkey. Uh, because I was expecting how expex expensive everything was going to be. So I, mm -hmm. I, yeah, generally I skipped breakfast, ate a protein bar, drank my own coffee, um, and then just skipped to dinner straight up is how efficient. I, efficient. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough, but yeah, financially speaking, it was efficient. Um, oh, for sure. The prices were ridiculous. Also, also no one told me to bring an actual, like a water container. So I, Paying my first four euros for a bottle of sparkling water sucked. Good God. Oh, <laughs> like even like a bad water. 
sparkling water. I, I even I asked for like a still one. So they uh -huh. have apparently they have sparkly. They have like non-sparkly, and that's still sparkly. <laughs> and then I don't know how you get to the water that is not sparkling in Germany. The entire oh God, time I, I was there, it was a, anything that wasn't from the tap was sparkling. Even when you ask, like, yeah. still, and the bottle says like still water, and it's still sparkling. What kind of water yeah. do you all drink? <laughs> it's disgusting. I don't like it either. Honestly, my tip. What I've done since I was a child, I would get the bottle and just mm. shake it. <laughs> just oh, shake let the sparks let the go. <laughs> exactly, that... just letting them go. See, that's <laughs> experience. Spark. That's experience speaking. Yeah, yeah. You gotta learn that the rough way, you know? When yeah. everything is salty and sparkly <laughs> in Germany. It, yeah, it definitely took some getting used to. But I bet. what was I talking about? Right, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, how hard it was to sustain yourself within... Yes. Uh, no, we were talking period. about something before that, too. Uh, anyway, basically, oh, no. the or events, yeah, um, they are amazing. <laughs> uh, it, it's nice to be there, and... Terrifying not to be there. Yeah, terrifying not to be there, yeah. But also the reality for a lot of people, like, not being able to be there. Because it yes. is simply very very expensive to attend mm. these type of events as you said whether it be just buying like drinks and food in a different country super yep. expensive or at these venues where where the events are happening that was just honestly uh ridiculous from time I mean, to even, time even for people who live there as you said like 17 dollar salad i mean <laughs> that's just not that just doesn't feel right it wasn't even a good salad. It looked, there was like one tomato <laughs> in it and one piece of lettuce. Like, I, I don't think that's going to sustain me. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost like airport prices. At least the, the, the DDC was like that. And as much as I loved Devcom, there are definitely things I would criticize them in terms of some of the after events and, well, the availability of sustenance at the event venue i don't know maybe that's the thing like they have to i don't know uh, maybe they are not allowed to change that maybe that's a Köln messe thing so i don't really want to just put that on them but mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely basically one thing i found interacting with people from europe and us is that uh, both professionally and socially they are really not aware of um how different things are for people who are not from eu like i call them the prime countries basically the first world the the top tier first world uh countries in terms of economy socioeconomic status and stuff like that uh, many a times i've been asked to like when i was talking about you know the problems in turkey and stuff like that it's like why don't you just move and i'm like it takes me three months to get a visa for business what do you mean, oh, not just move? <laughs> Seriously. And like, similar situations in economics and whatnot too. And I feel like these events uh, really overlook that problem. Like they try to be inclusive. They try to be diverse in everything that they do. But maybe it's lack of research. Maybe it's lack of care. Maybe it's other reasons. They tend mm -hmm. to 
miss those key elements at something as simple as like food or water being very expensive for people who are not from that geographic area, basically. Now, That's I was true. fortunate enough that uh, majority of the costs was covered by my company. Um, and I'm thankfully in a very good situation economically in terms of living in Turkey. But still, like that's I am one of the fortunate people um, mm -hmm. from this region. And even considering like Turkey is actually in a fortunate state as well compared to a lot of the other places within this region too. So yeah, there is like a lot to consider in terms of variety mm -hmm. of things, accessibility uh, to these yeah, events. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that these events can't even like... But they don't have any uh, impact, like uh, flights, for example, oh, flights yeah. or accommodations. That stuff is so expensive. You, you've told me, like, you were looking for hotels for the next DEFCON, like to stay in oh, Cologne. Yeah. I that is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't imagine people spending, like, having to spend this much money, and I'm sure most people can't. That's mm -hmm. insane. And not even speaking about flights, I don't know how, mo how much those are going to cost. Like, I, I don't know how expensive it is to fly between Turkey and Germany, but but still, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be more money that you have to consider. Yeah, or it's, looking it's at like... GDC, for example, that is, I mean, G GDC was surprising. GDC, because I, I expected, I always knew GDC was more on the expensive side of the industry. Right, it's in US, especially for us, because even from Europe, the flights cost what a thousand euros ish. Uh, because it's you know, what you cross steal. the yeah, what is <laughs> I mean, you cross the ocean, the flight costs just fly up, no pun intended. Um, but this GDC, I saw that the global community, even people from where I mentioned as like prime countries were like we are not going because of how expensive this is and then it clicked to me as like this is at least for GDC this is just a problem that covers literally everyone like it, it's, it almost feels like an event only for the people who are already very successful in their the careers industry financially in the industry and not for anyone who's just starting to build up who's going to be there for learning who's going to be there for the opportunities that will allow them to be successful in the industry mm -hmm. because there is a massive cost barrier i mean rami started a i basically asked on twitter people to just like sort of give an average as to how much it cost them to be at gdc and even for locals and by locals, I mean North America. It costs like three, four thousand. And for anyone oh who's flying God. there from over Europe, it's like five, six, eight. It's insane numbers. And for an event, like for one single event. Yes. That is just insane. That is literally insane. And the thing is, I, I um I watched the whole process happen uh, because my, my friend and colleague Hannah she went to GDC and I, I saw her being in this whole conundrum of having to book the hotel, having to find the flights and stuff like that. And uh, there were like everyone she talked to 
had very strong opinions about where she she should stay, for example, because America, it's it, not the safest place. Exactly, and there seem to be very dangerous spots around um, the event area mm -hmm. where people tell you not to stay, mm -hmm. which is a very sad topic, of course. It's terrible, um, but yeah, it affects it affects everyone going to these type type of events as well. Like you have to mm. you have to be scared in a way. <laughs> or have to consider where to stay just to make sure that, that nothing's going to happen to you, mm -hmm. and that's that's scary. Honestly, scary. And like that's that's another thing. Actually, one of the I guess biggest news, which is bad news, that come out of this year's GDC was the safety concerns and the reports about like people getting their drinks spiked or getting harassed and things like that. And it's like this is within the industry as well. Let alone just being outside in San Francisco. And it's, it all ties into the costs of the event, the venues, the people being able to stay at a safer or less safer locations and things like that. But it, I don't know. It's, it's a overall, factor. It's, yeah, these are factors yeah. you have to consider when you, when you choose whether you want to go to these type of events. And mm. while there might be awesome opportunities, important opportunities, um there are these type of concerns as well if you are fortunate enough to be able to to spend this type of money for these kind of things mm -hmm. of course like this is one of the first barriers or I mean, as you it, mentioned yeah. you were telling me about how how harsh the whole visa application progress mm -hmm. is i mean i'm super fortunate with my german passport which is like ridiculously powerful when i yep. want to go anywhere <laughs> But whenever I hear you talking about how hard it is, like how how much bureaucratic effort you have to put into this, um, it puts me into place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it is it is a whole different matter that I I don't think anyone will ever understand without actually living through it, because it's it's a whole it's a mess, and. Like as as you said, GDC with its visa requirements, it being this year only in person. I don't think they did a hybrid version this year, which is also another topic that I want to get into in a bit. Um, the fact that it happens in San Francisco, which apparently is a very expensive city, even for the U.S. standards. Uh, the fact that their tickets cost like over a thousand, unless it's just the expo ticket. And the fact that it is a very important event for doing business all sort of creates this, in my opinion, loop of... And a lot of people I saw, a lot of like well-established developers I saw also talk about this, creates this loop of, okay, so there is a certain group of people who can go to GDC, who can do business, be successful, and then because they are successful, they are also able to go to GDC. And then that creates the separation with the rest of the world, even though these events are like, you know, this is a game developers conference for everyone. We are trying to be inclusive and diverse and things like that. But you create this barrier of entry to this area, which one of the ways of breaking the barrier is actually be in the area in the first place. Which doesn't make any sense. It's like a hard locked level. Like it's a... 
<laughs> it's like you need an item to go to the next level, but the item spawns in the next level. So <laughs> it's yeah, there's definitely stuff to be worked on there. And a very good explanation of this was given by um again Rami in well a, lo a lot of our inclusivity inclusivity and diversity topics will probably refer to Rami in one way or another because he is one of the like biggest advocates in the industry on this topic so there is there was the panel of one reason to be he mentioned that it was it was canceled this year right yes so so there are initiatives there are initiatives to to help people that are usually not seen within these type of events to be there and then the platform gets taken mm -hmm. um i understand why there was quite an uprage like an uproar well both words outrage work. and uproar i guess yeah All of these now things. it's uprage it's uprage <laughs> there was so much uprage happening on the internet and justifiably like mm -hmm. why why and for context, that was, I think it was originally founded um, as a, like, advocacy panel for women's, like, experience in industry. Apparently, it was originally a hashtag for why women was, uh, one reason why, I believe, about why women was leaving the industry, which then got evolved into one reason to be why they are in the industry. Um, and I think it was originally hosted by Lay Alexander, I want to say. I might be getting the name wrong. And at some point, it was... Uh, the panel was passed on to Rami to host. And for a few years, he did the hosting of the panel. And it evolved sort of into this... Uh, pretty much every underrepresented people's inclusivity in the game industry. And then Rami... Um, Oh god, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Leah, um, I want to say Laia B was the most recent uh, host of the panel, uh, whom Rami passed the event to. And they did their last panel last year online, digitally, because GDC was digital, or the year before that. I'm confusing the years now. It's been uh, one hell of a time since the pandemic, but... This year, yeah, GDC, it. yeah, GDC apparently decided, ah, we don't want this panel or not, don't need this panel. I don't know the reasoning, obviously, behind why they decided to not have the panel, but they didn't. And in in one of the panel, I think it's the 2018 one. Rami talks about the difficulties of getting into GDC in person for a lot of the people around the world. Um, and he, he gives the example of he, like half of his original panel, like the speakers he got, even though they had all the application process, the, the, the flights, the accommodations, everything handled, um, like half of their visas got rejected. Wow. And then he got new speakers Half of those new speakers' visas got rejected. He got other speakers in place of those people, and half of those were rejected. So wow. it's like out of it's like out of 20, 30 people. I'm not doing the math, but basically like half of 
20-ish people's visas into US were rejected, even though they were going to GDC to speak at, you know, the country's largest game developer conference. So, yeah, it puts into perspective how not accessible and inclusive some of these events tend yeah. to be. And I guess we can put all of this into GDC. Obviously, this is like they don't handle visas. It's the government's thing. But are they doing enough to support those visa efforts? Are they doing enough to change the mindset of the government in this area is the question. I mean, are they obligated mm -hmm. to? I guess not. But if you're advertising as trying to be inclusive and diverse and things like that, then you are kind of putting that obligation on yourself. So maybe having international yeah. people at these type of events or in, in industries is what changes the paradigm and makes it easier for people to travel, for example. Because I, I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that in a panel for diversity and for, for people that are underrepresented, they get rejected, you know, like mm. it, that can't, it can't be a coincidence. There is no coincidence. I'm pretty sure. So it speaks for itself. And yeah. um, I don't know what the solution to this problem is. I wish I did. I'm happy. I don't have it to make decisions about this but <laughs> yeah. I feel like there needs to be change to make it more accessible and to help these people mm -hmm. like to have their voices be heard I mean and there is I, I guess yeah. there is no one solution at least not from an individual because this is like a the this is this is way above the pay grade of anyone who is any one person basically but I the solution to this I guess is just changing the mindset on a global scale. Not yeah. just in the game industry, but through representation, everyone. Because that's like, it's not it's not a game industry specific problem. I mean, again, like GDC is not issuing visas. So it's a governmental problem that these visas are being rejected type thing. Um, and why that is that a thing? That's the that's the misconception and and the the prejudice and everything people have on a global scale mm -hmm. towards other people. This is not just a one-way thing either. This is a, this is a two-way street. So just like letting people represent who they are, where they are from, share their experiences and things like that is how we eventually, and this is, this probably will take decades. I mean, oh, um, unfortunately, yes, <laughs> I wish, I wish not. I wish I could be more optimistic about this. Yeah, oh, but I, I mean, want it, to it gotta start somewhere. And there are people working on this. Like, again, this panel was one example of allowing a huge, like, having this panel in the biggest game conference, uh, at least for game developers, mm -hmm. was a way of changing minds by letting people see the experience and the life behind you know, these, these people, these developers coming from mm -hmm. all over the way around the world. Oh, the so. games that they love. The people uh, behind yeah. the games that they love. Which is basically why we're there, right? Like sharing the love mm. for our profession and knowledge. Yeah. But yeah, so GDC apparently cancelled it or didn't. I, I don't know the specific, of course. It's it's a, it's a, well, my pay grade. 
But basically, the panel did not happen this year. So, yeah. We are at that point right now. So GDC, do better. That's, <laughs> that's I guess, all I could say. Do better. Do yeah. better, yeah. Although this, I, I know the um, Hannah got there also by being supported by this initiative. It's called Amplifying New Voices, actually. Oh, um, yeah. And they did cover some of the costs for her to go to GDC. Otherwise, it would have been impossible to finance. So there are events for this there are people still trying to to get pe people's mm -hmm. voices heard um so everyone listening and to this maybe check it out maybe this yeah. is something and it would be trying. it would be not right to like say gdc is not doing anything in this regard um they 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 do have scholarship programs um a cool opportunity attendance or something like that which i think they either give a expo ticket or cover the cost of certain amount um, mm -hmm. and they do work with scholarship partner organizations uh, there is a huge list but how much of this is effective on a grand scale like this is this is good definitely good to have but it's a band-aid compared to what the problem is oh definitely um, so I, I I would feel it would feel not right to say like oh GDC is not doing anything in terms of diversity of in or inclusivity which when there are efforts people may have felt like we are saying that we are not saying that they are doing stuff they are not doing enough is the is is no, how I see happening. it yeah <laughs> that's out of the party place of being like why am I not there obviously <laughs> yeah. that's not yeah. enough. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't no. expect to be at GDC for several years to come, unless no, one of the companies I'm working for is like, just like my current company sent me to, you know, DevCom. They're like, "Do you want to go to GDC?" Then I'll be like, "Yes." Can you get the visa in time? Because uh, U.S. visa is a nightmare that I don't want to get involved with personally. I, if someone's gonna handle all that for me, then I'm all for that it. That would but be lovely. I feel like is... that's one of the big issues as well. Like. Having, if, if you're a small company or like someone going indie, you probably don't have the time to take care of all of this. Finding yeah. your hotel, finding the flights, uh, making sure the visa thing is working out. Like this is a lot of time that, it, that you're going to have to invest to be there. Yep. Let alone just the event itself. That's also going to take a few days in which you can actually like, I mean, it is work. It will be work. Uh, beautiful work, awesome work, interesting work, networking, but still it's 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 energy that you'll invest that you cannot invest into whatever it is that you're working on in your company. So that's also in a way gonna keep a lot of people from choosing to go or to participate because mm -hmm. if, it, it, you can't afford to go. Like not even yeah. on a on a monetary level. But time. Yeah. Which is where, okay, so this ties in well, the lack of hybrid option, basically digital option. Now, di digital, I feel like it's just not going to be the same as being there as we discussed, like in mm -hmm. terms of networking, just being in the right place at the right time and meeting people and things like that. But a digital version still allows you to have access to talks, access to like meetings, mm -hmm. uh, just do as much as you can, basically. You know, it's it's an alternative. And I think it's important to have because 
even for some people, even if you can cover the cost, there might not be a visa. Even if you have the visa, the costs might be a problem. Even if you have both, flying that distance or being at an event like that in person might be not a possibility because you might have a disability, you might be immunocompromised. There might be a variety of other reasons why you don't want to be at a massively crowded space or don't want to travel and things like that. So again, like the lack of digital version for GDC is a problem as well, in my opinion. Like this event should at least have a digital version that allows people to either do business or access to knowledge. I mean, there's GDC Vault, yes, but that's after the fact and that's just like access to talks and stuff like that. Um, so probably yeah, expensive. Um, I think One it's month. like five, six hundred dollars for for a year. Oh uh, shit! Of subs subscription, yeah. So it is expensive. It I is mean, pretty expensive. I'm wonderful, tons of knowledge, I'm sure, but also. Yeah. Pricey. Oh, also, one reason to be is available on all of the panels for one reason to be is available on GDC Vault, uh, to just watch. So it's not it's not a part of the subscription. It's available. Mm. So just to want just want to put that out there. If anyone wants to go back and check and listen, if you didn't know about it, if you want to catch up and things like that, definitely recommend just watching those uh, all the way from the beginning, basically. Um, but yeah. What was I saying? Right. So the 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 physical accessibility of the events mm -hmm. and the requirement for a digital version is also important, and I feel like it's heavily overlooked as well. I feel like a very good uh, indicator for this is the fact that we apparently went to the same DevCom after party event, and I don't remember oh, seeing you there. Oh god! Was, okay, I... it was it was so loud and so dark and flashlights everywhere like it was basically in in this big club in mm -hmm. in in cologne um but keep in mind we're all nerds it's <laughs> <laughs> shy <laughs> and then there's loud flashy music um yeah so okay i i, I hope someone from devcom team watches this or i might actually <laughs> cut this section and just link it to them as like a short version <laughs> So, the at the end of DevCom, uh, there is the In the Developer Night, In the Developer Networking Party, as some also call it. Uh, basically, it's a it's a party, and it happens at the same time as the opening night live, which I've had the dream of going to for a very long time. So. On Discord, on mentioned DevCom Discord, before the event, I was like, so how is this in the developer night is going to be? Like, I really want to go to opening night live. It's been a dream of mine from like years ago. But at the same time, I don't want to miss out on just meeting <laughs> more indies and networking and having a good time making friends. And people were like, we'll definitely be at the developer night instead of opening night live. I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, I'm going to go to the, like, opening night live. I can watch the stream of recorded version of whatever. Um, I went there, and initially it was actually okay. <laughs> like, the sun was still up. It was a bit too hot, and everyone was outside. The music was not too loud. So we went there with my friend that I mentioned uh, that was also from Turkey. So we started chatting just in random. But as the 
evening progressed and the sun went down, the music got louder, the lights became flashing and, and like, just dark red. It, <laughs> Overstimulation. Yeah. It's, I started to become unable to just process it all, which usually happens in, in such environments. So That's the venue. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it was difficult to actually just do anything network related because once that started to happen, I just couldn't recognize people because of the lighting. I just couldn't have a conversation because of the sound. Now, I saw people having a good time. Don't get me wrong. Some people were just vibing. Some people were in groups talking and discussing whatever they were talking about. I have no idea. But for me, what happens when I'm in, you know, flashing lights, dim, dark lighting, and a lot of noise is my brain goes, you know what? I'm not built for this. I'm not going to process any of this shit. And instead, we are just going to shut down. And I just blank out like i stop registering everything that's going around me and that's what happened there as well and eventually mm -hmm. we just left um so that was a bad event in my opinion now if you're <clears throat> there for party i shouldn't say bad event i sh i bad event for networking or accessible networking mm -hmm. i'm sure some people had a great time meeting having fun stuff like that i'm sure people made new friends there it looked like it but it was definitely not nowhere accessible. No, that's for that sure. just a disaster in my opinion. I should have gone to opening night live. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry you didn't go. Like, this would have been a better experience. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. But how are you supposed to know beforehand, right? Especially in terms of networking events, maybe making it more accessible at the cost of party vibes might be a good idea for industry specific events maybe or maybe make sure that you communicate what type of event it's gonna be like yeah i don't know this party <laughs> most likely was for people like me like i i spend like an hour just dancing on the dance floor and having mm. fun i had no conversation it was impossible to have a conversation but it was fine <laughs> in that moment so I guess what would be important is to create spaces where this is not what you need to do. Like you can you can sit somewhere where it's quiet enough to have a talk, to actually connect mm -hmm. with people. And if someone is dancey pantsy, they can they can go to this other event, yeah. which is, you know, devs vibing on the dance floor. Even within the same event, they could have handled it like there was already a dance floor and everything inside. So if they had just like had a proper lighting outside and less mm -hmm. music outside it could have been like okay if you want to just chill and talk and have a conversation the outside area mm -hmm. if you want to have a party inside it's the dance floors that would have been a nice compromise as well the problem was just like inside was already not an option outside was also not an option so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like an optionless uh thing um so yeah, that's I don't know. Hopefully this year actually I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them on Discord. I'm gonna be like, okay, are, <laughs> is the event going to be the same? Like what are we doing? Then again, mm -hmm. I mean this year, the, the difference is this year I'm gonna be knowing no more people. So even in that environment, I might be able to have a better time because I will know people mm -hmm. compared to last year. That is until my brain goes like the input, nah, I'm just out. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually 
asked them like, what are the plans for this year? And here are my thoughts on the matter mm -hmm. in regards to the event. And maybe they'll take it into consideration. Maybe they don't. That's we'll a cool see. point, actually. I mean, you've. Um, I was super interested when you said that earlier. Apparently, you you used um, the Discord server to really connect with people and be mm. like, "Hey, let's meet up. Let's go here," which is super interesting to me since my first DevCom digital experience seemed alienating to me. I I, I feel like digital spaces, um, or um, at least like servers, are harder for me to oh. to to actually access i feel it's harder <laughs> for me to write a message and be like hey guys my name is what about you what's going on um whereas being at an event and just talking to someone feels more natural to me um so i love that there's this, this resource that is helpful to you where you can say mm -hmm. hey i'm 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 just gonna send a message out there and see what happens and connect with people that are like-minded yeah i don't know i feel i I've, I've always been more comfortable in text format basically mm -hmm. um so discord is really a great tool for me i i am much i'm able to have a much better conversation than i am in person generally speaking uh, i'm breaking that but yeah it's, it's a process so you feel like it's an adhd yeah. thing where you have more control over your message like you can reread passages you can make sure you remember what the person said that actually makes sense yeah mm -hmm. that 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 definitely that that definitely could be a thing because mm -hmm. it more so than editing and having control on what i say text is easier to process because i can go back to it read it again as you said in person again because of adhd likely um there is a lot of spacing out mm. not processing mm -hmm. what the person said and having to ask what a lot or just missing information and trying to tie it together yourself which can be stressful especially in professional situations so that's part of it mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's part of like it's part of the whole accessibility thing so it's, mm -hmm. it's relative i mean it's yeah there's there's a lot more that can be improved on these events now i'm not saying they are easy things and definitely these people like the devcom team for example um they've been so freaking helpful in terms of throughout my like visa process and everything because i had a whole bunch of bureaucracy that i needed them to do stuff as well like the invitations uh, the formal letters the, the random like the visa application asks who's your primary contact in the country that you are going to go that's one of the, the schengen visa questions what are, what, what am i supposed to say <laughs> i'm going to de a developer conference who am i supposed to say as my primary contact wow that's ridiculous put my name in next time like <laughs> <laughs> who is my contact the founder of g the ddc gamescom so i i was like asking all of these questions to them and they were like okay you can put this you can put this down oh, and things lovely. like that they were really really helpful which is actually a problem i ran into with reboot now reboot in this past couple of weeks while this like gdc accessibility conversation has been going on inside the industry reboot's name came up as the you know the accessible alternative event and everyone apparently loves reboot so i'm super excited to be there at the end of this month on april 
because everyone's just speaking amazing things about Reboot. I, I now have a very high expectation of Reboot. Uh, oh, I'm curious. Yeah, the problem I'm running into with Reboot is I can't find any information ahead of time. There is no yeah. Discord channel. There is no community channel of any sorts. Uh, in terms of visa stuff, because I require a formal letter of invitation, which Gamescom and Devcom provide, I tried to contact them like four times, both email and social media, got nothing back. Oh, shit. So, like, I can't do my usual... I was able to get a visa, thankfully, without it, which they only... Croatia only gave like six days, so literally the day I return from Croatia, I have an appointment for Germany visa application so that's gonna be fun oh my goodness bureaucracy it's fun yeah yeah never-ending bureaucracy it's like every for every event i want to go i have to go through like a three four months visa process which i don't know maybe germany is gonna give a longer term one and i won't have to deal with it for next year but we'll see anyway Hopefully. as i was saying like i wasn't able to f do any of the um pre-event preparation stuff that I was able to do with Devcom that made this whole process a lot easier with Reboot. So I'm just winging it now. I, yeah. I'm i just going to see what happens. Honestly, whenever you tell me about this, I'm I'm hands down super impressed by, by how persistent you are. Like, this doesn't seem to be discouraging you. It seems super tough. The idea of having to take care of the next travel you ha you have to do the day you return from one of these very exhausting events. That is, that is hard. And it is discouraging. You can't make plans on these assumptions. So That's another thing. There is a chance, like if you apply late. So w when you apply for a visa, you have to have your accommodation booked. You have to have your flights booked and paid for. You have, you need to have bought the event ticket. Basically, you need to do everything, book everything, pay for everything, and things like that. If you have free cancellation on some things, that's good. If not, you're screwed. There is a chance you are not going to get a visa or you're not going to get a visa in time. And then all of those things are just burnt, which is another fun point, which actually another thing these events could add is a refund policy for such cases. Oh, like there was a, I got my Germany visa like a week before my flight if that oh, hadn't shit. happened the thousand something euro devcom ticket the flight tickets gone so allow like a refund option would also reduce the stress of these things heavily just that putting it out there if any event organizer is listening to this or listens to this at some point actually i should make a list like, compile this into a list. Dear people. Just, yeah, just put it out like a public letter of type thing. Like, this the is problems, shitty, this is shitty, this is shitty. Things that would help. But yeah, so I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll see how Reboot is. It would have been nicer if, I, if they had like a Discord-ish channel or mm -hmm. if they responded to me uh, in any way. But yeah, I mean, maybe it fell through the cracks. I don't know. I assume they are super busy as well. I used to organize events for like just four or 500 people. Shit. What a nightmare that was. Yeah, in university, I used to do like gaming, uh, like tabletop RPG, cosplay type conventions. Oh, that 
is so um, cool. I didn't know that. Tell me about yeah. that. Oh, oh maybe some we point need to make I it will. an yeah, episode. Yeah, it, not in this episode, but yeah. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So I... Un and that was just for like a university event for or 500 people. I can't imagine the chaos of holding these, like making these organizations. And I appreciate that everyone works on it but doesn't mean we can't strive for better so of course yeah people and as an always... attendee that's like that's that's my thing i'm an attendee i'll just point out what can be better give feedback it's q a it's basically q a yeah yeah it's just that we ask the questions ourselves as well unless we have someone on the show which actually plan to invite some people uh and ask them these questions and see what they think but that's that's a that's a future thing we first actually have to put an episode out <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're doing it like it's happening yeah, yeah. here we go <laughs> which actually we are just around the hour mark it seems like i don't exactly know because we started the recording sort of in advance and then went with it but yeah i think we are nearing an hour um uh, look I, at us honestly this was on point i it never usually goes well in terms of time management when I do a show. So I like this. Um, so did oh we my not, God. Did, now we got to look back and make sure we didn't skip stuff, though. I mean, we had a whole show structure planned. Mm -hmm. um, and then we sort of didn't really stick to it. We, I think we, we, we jumped a bit, but we did touch upon the, the topics we wanted to mention. Yeah. Like how so we, we met talked people. about the... Accessibilities. We talked mm -hmm. about the inclusivity. We uh, talked the about and networking people. events. Mm -hmm. Knowledge being shared. The expensiveness. Mm -hmm. Rami, not ah, oh, we didn't say that Rami didn't go, but we we talked about its initiative oh, yeah. and how yeah. uh, people got angry because it got cancelled. Mm -hmm. The FOMO. Oh, we didn't talk about um this cool thing where, pe where people on Twitter were were, were connecting oh, over how the, they didn't okay. go. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Um, Speaking of FOMO, uh, <laughs> you sent me this super cool Twitter thread of people being like, hey, I can't afford to be at GDC, mm. so let's network here. So it was started by... So I'm a huge fan, I gotta say that first, of the Metal Hellsinger and the developer team behind it, The Outsiders, which is a Funcom uh, studio. I love them. I, I love the game idea. It's basically a rhythm, first-person rhythm shooter in hell. And it's just absolutely, it's all about metal, which I love too. And I got to meet them at Gamescom. I got to play the game, join the concert and things like that. And overall, for a studio who makes a metal hell game they are wholesome as hell i i love them and <laughs> so one of their developers is this i think uh, she's the executive producer for the studio uh sheila vickstrom oh. yes yes thank you um <laughs> soft and deadly is how i know <laughs> that's, uh, that's the handle fair enough um she started a thread basically of people not going to GDC, but that not stopping us from networking. So the concept was, I'm not going to GDC either. Let's network online. And it blew up. It was amazing. For whole week. So Twitter's recent algorithm is garbage. 
Twitter is going downhill very fast. And there's a For You page, there's a following page. For You page tends to be an absolute nightmare of completely irrelevant stuff to what you normally do. That week, my For You page literally just game developers of various professions all around the world. Hundreds of game developers just like introducing themselves, what they do and joining in on this trend. It was so good. It was it the was best lovely. week on Twitter. It was lovely. It really, it really reignited this love I have for like, there's all types of people in this industry. Mm. It's so interesting. I, I could like scroll for hours through the thread and feel like these are all such cool individuals. Like they're all so interesting. I want to know yeah. all of their stories, um, which is just awesome. So I'm I'm really really glad that someone did this that she did this. Mm -hmm. So so we can feel like I don't know like like we can look into our community like see the community that we're in mm -hmm. and appreciate it and get to know more people, which is awesome at events. It's beautiful at events, but since we already established and not particularly inclusive due to mm -hmm. various reasons, this was a super cool alternative to just like yeah. peek into it and be like, hey. That is awesome. We're such a mm -hmm. cool little industry. Like, not little, you know, like, huge. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, like, the devs. I'm, I'm glad you reminded that. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a wholesome week on game dev Twitter, which is not always the case. The game dev Twitter is... is a, it's, it's a weird place. I definitely recommend. If you're a game developer, get on Twitter. It's weird, man. <laughs> Oh, I just deleted it off my phone yet again. Oh no. It's this continuous cycle of, I don't need this. And then, <laughs> oh shit, but shit it seems to be happening there. I should get it again. I'm just going to send you the, the stuff that's happening. <laughs> just link them to you. <laughs> oh my God, that would be so helpful. Thank you. Like this, this would I... cure my FOMO. Just knowing, <laughs> oh, if, if it's going to be interesting, Ark is going to keep me in the loop. It's going to be fine. Yeah. We can Thank have you. a section on the show called This Week on Twitter. Just, <laughs> just like, not the game industry, but just the Twitter game yes. industry. Because honestly, it's weird. Like, I'm definitely not saying it's nice. It It's not always nice. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's like, why are people like this? It's... <laughs> Like gamers, a... gamers complaining about what, like games or aspects about games, and all the devs being like, "What the fuck? You not do, even you just really don't know how it works. gamers." The other, there's always a villain of the week, um, like Twitter villain of the week. I don't know who it was. I wish I was better at names so I I could remember these. But I feel like you're nailing it every time we talk about something. Like, oh, I saw this thing, and then you just know the name of the person. Of the initiative of the things, <laughs> I, like honestly, I'm always it, super it, impressed. It loads in. This is my way of let it giving my brain time to just like catch up. I see. And access access the memory basically. <laughs> Good tactics, uh, you know. Or I'm just googling in the background. That sometimes <laughs> happens too. I'm just I, I can ramble see you on. In your glasses, you know, like yeah, I ramble <laughs> on while I go on like Twitter or Google just quickly. So I think okay, which I just did as well. Good Shepherd Entertainment. <laughs> and I think it was about this one. One of the uh, developers of this. I, that I won't be able to remember because there are several names involved. 
<clears throat> basically on the topic of people being uh especially women being harassed in gdc not particular to this event but like over the course of gdc's um someone shared their experience of that happening to them and someone i don't even know who it was um someone basically defended the idea of harassing people and that's wild yeah so he 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 or she whatever whoever that was decided to be the villain of the week i guess i don't know maybe um, so people obviously did not like that and they doubled down and then they doubled down and then wow. they tried to tell on the person by tagging their publishers devolver oh digital God. And and the and the studio, I I guess they expected the they expected Devolver and the studio to be like, oh no, our employees fighting on Twitter. Now, Devolver's reply was like, fuck this person, literally on Twitter. Shit. They 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 just went like, yeah, fuck that person. And Shit. the studio was in a similar manner. They just made fun of the person. So that was like a gorgeous thing to see. The whole ordeal wow. was like, why are people like this? What the hell? Like, how Seriously. how are you like this? But then seeing Devolvers and the, then the studios reply to it was like, okay, these are there are still good people. Mm -hmm. Damn! But it was it was a gorgeous comeback to see. Like they it tried to tell like on it. the publisher, tried to like in their idea i guess snitch and then just got like slapped back that was <laughs> it's, it's deserved i don't know what happened of course but just thinking about someone trying to justify this kind of shit is just hard yeah i'll i'll um, find the thread uh yeah. after the show and send it to you as well please send it to me yeah i don't i it don't remember rough, the specifics honestly. and the names because there are multiple involved but all mm -hmm. i know is devolver was devolver was cool in the moment and i appreciate that they were them. yeah so. definitely that's that's very nice to hear that gotta. there's consequences to someone speaking mm. bullshit basically yeah um you gotta shut also it down. Falls, you gotta shut it down um it feels it feels like it taps into the 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 whole accessibility kind of thing um as someone who has been roofied at an event at a gaming networking event that shit is so scary mm -hmm. like, i've had I, I needed years to be courageous enough to go to this specific event again because I was always scared of like, okay, but someone there thought that it would it would be a cool idea to throw some mystery substance into my mm. freaking drink. Like, and I don't know who it was. Like, I, I don't know. Can I trust these people? Were they my friends? Were they my university colleagues? Like, who was this? The, the terror that this causes in you is just, you how are you supposed to justify something yeah, I, like I, that? I can't even imagine, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's, yeah. It, and it's, it shouldn't be that difficult to make these events more safe for people either. I mean, better surveillance, better trained staff, more visibility um for everyone else involved obviously if you see something do something which is a very mm -hmm. simple concept don't just like brush it off or like oh, i'm not gonna get involved or whatever you know mm -hmm. someone else it's... is gonna be more qualified I, I feel like this is a human thing of this inertia not being sure whether you should do something because maybe someone else is more qualified but mm. but that stuff is dangerous in a way like not, well, but not that, that's that's why the events should provide like 
a place, a group of people, a system that mm -hmm. allows you to just like raise a flag, basically. I mean, even if you are not sure, not being not sure, the consequences of you being wrong is too too high, right? Mm -hmm. So it's better to raise a flag than to just be like, ah, oh, maybe I, you know, saw it wrong mm -hmm. or whatever. I'll make it's, people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, the end result of that is terrible. So if there is a system in place that, like, if the event provides such a system, like, okay, just go to a staff. I don't know. There's a hotline. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's th those are the logistics that can be solved. Just be like, something happened. Take care of it. Check mm -hmm. up with people. Yeah, like do something. You know. Yeah, it might make every person that's involved feel like more safe, or like people mm -hmm. that are scared of these type of things happening to them. Maybe yeah. it can help provide a safer space in a way. But mm -hmm. I think you told me actually that GDC had a hotline for this, right? They are building one, I think. Hold oh, on, okay. let me just go it's, to the it's link. It's in the process of happening. Or they already have one and are just making it better. Um, so it's called Games and Online Harassment Hotline. I think this is not a part of GDC, but okay, uh, so there is a hotline that exists. So it's, their Twitter handle is Games Hotline. Um, and their name is Games and Online Harassment Hotline. Let me quickly just jump into their website. So it's a, we provide text-based confidential emotional support for people who make and play games. Text support to 2336.8 to get started. Uh, 3 to 7 p.m. PT USA only. So it is USA only, but it exists. I, hold on, let me find the part that was GDC related real quick. Oh. I thought I, that was in the notes, but apparently it was not. That's fine. That is fine. In the meantime, I'll la 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 la. Boobity boop boop boop. Okay, so both so there is the people who are involved in the organization of this. Mm -hmm. Uh let me quickly find their name as well. I know it's something something Blumberg and Van Deventer. Uh, but let me just try to find the... Okay, Guy, Guy Blomberg. Blomberg? I'm, I don't know. So, basically, he referred people. He is one of the, I think, organizers. He is the director of uh, IGDA and... Let me see. What else? Advisor to India Arena booth. Previously, E3 packs. So, he's, he's the guy. Um... He directed people to the hotline that we mentioned, mm. basically. So I guess it's not the official, just like GDC specific thing, but a game specific thing, the games industry. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to know it's out there and exists. Maybe if, if it were if it were specific to the events, there could mm. be immediate action. Uh, but. Then again, I don't know what they are. There has got to be more work towards preventing it from happening in the first place. That is both actively, like, doing stuff to prevent it and discouraging dumbass people from getting into, like, attempting it, getting into the industry, shutting them down, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Which is a whole different, like, it requires, I guess, a lot more complicated approach than just like making sure the events are secure. Mm -hmm. um, but anything, literally anything that discourages people from acting in such ways is a step for, forward, so. 
For sure. For sure. So I'm glad that someone on Twitter got kicked out of their company because of bullshit shit they said. Yeah, I don't know if they got like I don't know where they working or anything like that. I don't know if they were an employee. They, it's I I have no idea who they were because I didn't even give the time to like look into what they do in the mm -hmm. games industry or if they are even in the games industry. I just love that Devolver protected in it. Well, not protected, but did the right thing with their mm. studio and their employer type thing. So yeah, yeah, I see, I see. I thought there was a connection, and that's why the, why that person yeah. referenced them. Yeah, uh, no, no. So I'm basically, they were in an argument with a developer, and then they tried to like tag oh, Devolver and the developer yeah. studio, like, "Oh, your employees," you know. Ah, like fighting no, no, with me on Twitter, okay. saying bad words, and then Devolver was like, "Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it, mate." We're gonna give him a raise. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, now I see. Now I understand. Yeah, it yeah. was good. It was good. That kind of stuff needs to happen too. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of this first episode if you don't count the like introduction episode which you know well, went really well i'm i'm happy with this i'm happy, I'm happy too with this. and i'm happy I don't know that what we the... met at this event honestly like, yes this is like the bottom <laughs> line of this episode for me is the fact that i love how many people i met and i love that we met and i love that we can share mm. our our frustration and our love for this industry together so exactly. that was well put yeah Grateful. Uh, oh, one part, one piece of news we skipped. E3 got cancelled again. And boy. <laughs> oh, no. That was, that was, that was an interesting uh, exchange on, on, again, Twitter. So E3, unfortunately, due to lack of overall interest, as they said, and with Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft not supporting the event, um, they had to cancel again, which they had also canceled uh, in 2022. I don't know where, where they are going to go from here. They say um, that they're going to work, like keep working to have an event that the industry basically is interested in. So revamp, do whatever they do. Uh, and I do hope they come back because E3 plays a huge role in me getting into games. Um, like one of my earliest memories of wanting to become a game developer is seeing people on the stage of E3 showcasing their games and going like all emotional and teary-eyed and everything. I was like, oh man, I want that, you know? Um, so it's sad to see E3 get canceled. Um, I don't know the exact reason why, because I obviously never been to one, um, but either... You know, well, I mean, pandemic is one reason they didn't really recover from having taken a break during the pandemic and then doing the digital one. One funny aspect of it was Summer Games Fest, Geoff Keefley, um, I'm, I might be butchering the name, I'm sorry, but he was like, see you all at Summer Game Fest at June 8th. <laughs> that was just... <laughs> Savage. <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh... I laughed. And I still laugh, but man, maybe just give them like a couple days. <laughs> that, that was harsh. And I, oh, I mean, man. he himself expressed his love for E3 
and how important a role it played in the game industry uh, to this day. But my God, <laughs> <laughs> the timing! Was like that is uh, that's savage. That was, that was harsh. Certainly <laughs> funny. I laugh when you sent me the the, the meme, like yeah, of him yeah. standing above the. The E3 grape. Yeah, just... <laughs> That's tough, uh, man. I find it super funny, like, and super interesting, too, that this was your experience, that this is what, what, what um, inspired you to get into games. It was the same for me, too, not with E3, but with Gamescom, actually. When I was a teenager, I went to Gamescom yeah. <laughs> for the very first time. And I cannot put into words how freaking excited and inspired I was. <laughs> I was running around and, you know, these conventions, they, they smell like they have this certain smell of like plastic of, of the of the whole like mm -hmm. things that are being built there. And it's loud. You have this constant buzzing noise in the background of people talking and there's music coming from this stage and there's music coming from this stage and this new game. And it was just like... Super overstimulation, but like in the best way ever. And I just knew, like, oh my god, I want to grow up and I want to make games. I want to work here. I want to be here uh, professionally. Yeah. And being at DEFCON was that. Was like, oh shit, mm -hmm. here I am. Here I am, and yeah. I'm working on games, and I'm meeting people <laughs> that are also working on games. And oh my god, I oh I could talk for hours. We wanted to end yeah. this episode, and look at me, I I could just. <laughs> Ah, the love—it's I mean, endless. This is, this is our banter part, right? The banter like, part. Normally, I feel like normally what would happen is we would have a discussion topic and news section for like the first half of the show, and second half would just be us talking about like game dev and games. But because the topics were kind of heavy and loaded this week, this is ended up just being a full-on like discussion episode. But yeah, I mean, anyone who wants to just turn off the episode now they could if they don't want to hear the banter so we, we got the important stuff out of the way now we get the, now we get the banter right? now i get to shut off my brain yeah i Here just like go. space out and the episode goes on for like five hours with no no meaningful content at all just us making weird robot sounds i could see that happen in the future uh, uh yeah possible <laughs> but even now, just like going to, for example, the in the arena side of like the in the stage of Gamescom last year, seeing all those developers and like boots, just like super excited to tell the tell about their game to everyone. Mm -hmm. Literally, just like same thing over and over again. But you watch it, and every single new person that comes to test the game. And they are explaining it with the same excitement in their eyes. And it's like, that's the feeling right there. That mm -hmm. That's why we make games. That's the whole deal. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, I created this world. Please look at it. Experience mm -hmm. it. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we actually officially... And the show yeah, um, now. So this is basically not a bug podcast. Uh, the official first episode, and yeah, from our here, origin story. Be... It's our origin yeah. story. We we spiced the origin story up with some heavy topics because <laughs> timing was just that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We have so, range. We have range. That's what it is. Yes. No? 
Yes. <laughs> so next week, uh, or rather in two weeks' time. Actually, wait, am I at Croatia in two weeks' time? Okay, that's literally just before I fly to... Just a few days before I fly to Croatia. That works. That works. Awesome. Um, so a couple episodes from now, I guess I'll get to talk about everything that happened at Reboot Blue. Um, but yeah, so for our next discussion topic, we'll... We haven't decided, but we have a full like list of things we want to discuss. So stay tuned for all that. Again, you'll be with this episode. We'll be launching our social media accounts, um, all the RSS feeds and things like that. So you can follow those as well. Um, but before we get into the outro and all that, um, Nicole, where can people find you? Any final thoughts? Anything you want to shout out? This is the time. Yeah, you can check out me and my lovely friends at spoonful.games, where we will post updates on our game Adventurous Advocate. And if you want to see me lurking in the shadows of other people's posts instead of uploading anything myself, uh, find me on Instagram under Nikki underscore Alexa. There you go, folks. Also, congrats on the demo. I forgot to mention. Thank but you. I, I played it and I loved the oh idea and the coziness of it. I know I'm normally at frustrated with puzzles because I don't see the obvious. This was just intuitive and fun to play. So congrats on that as well. We can probably do like a whole thing on that next episode too. I would love that. Um, I'm happy you gave us <laughs> feedback. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I, 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 I do have some feedbacks that I'll add to Discord as well at some point. I need to play it a bit more though. Awesome. Uh, Let's also talk I have about some it questions then. that I'm wondering about. But yeah, well, I'll get to that on your Discord. Yes, first you uh, need to let me know where or let us know where we can find you, Ark. Where yes, are you so on the internet? I am anywhere that you can find Arkanir, A-R-K-H-A-N-I-I-R. It's a made-up name, so if you see it, it should be me unless I have an imposter. I am mainly on Twitter in terms of my active social media. Uh, Twitter, that's at Arkanir. I do the Tales of Flamreal podcast as well, which is about Elder Scrolls series in partnership with the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. So I am there too. If you're interested in Elder Scrolls, you can check that. I also stream game development at Arkaneer's Quest on Twitch. So I am also there. Um, but basically, yeah, anywhere Arkaneer, I should be... Yeah, well, that should be me. And as for the show itself... You can follow everything we do over at notabugpodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media and content and where you can listen to the show and our contact information. You can also consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify so people know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes it matters. Thank you all so very much for joining us on this episode of Not A Bug Game Dev Explored, and we will see you all next time. Have a great one. See you.